Hey everyone, and welcome to Christmas in July. This episode is partly an extended version of a short Christmas in July video Sarah and I did all the way back in 2018. We talked about one of Sarah's favorite animated Christmas specials, The Snowman. And short disclaimer, as this was in the early days of my YouTube channel, long before I had any inclination of turning it into a podcast, the audio in this one is definitely not perfect. We recorded next to an open window, and you'll definitely be able to tell that at some points. Anyway, we'll start with that original review, and then I thought it might be fun to come back and do a brand new segment just for the podcast, talking about the 2012 follow-up to The Snowman, called The Snowman and the Snow Dog. Of course, we'll be doing the sequel second, so for now, here's our original review of 1982's The Snowman. Hey everyone, welcome back to Christmas in July. Today we're going to be talking about a 1982 animated cartoon, short, special. It's called The Snowman, and we're doing this one because this is a favorite of Sarah's. And when I suggested we do this one, she really liked that idea. So let's have Sarah tell you about it and why she likes it so much. If... All you knew was the basic plot line of this cartoon. You wouldn't watch it unless you were emo or something. <laughs> this cartoon is actually it's a piece of art, but not like some art that we have watched. Um, the Czechoslovakian Alice is coming to mind anyway. Um... It's based off of a book, which was written in 1978, and the person who wrote it was born in 1934. When you see some of the style choices of this boy's childhood, it really kind of evokes... You're thinking, is it 40s? Is it 50s? And I'm guessing, if you go off of the age, early 1940s, definitely like war era, because he looks like he's maybe 9 or 10. And it's just, it's so different. It has two introductions, or you can watch one that has no introduction, which don't. Watch one that has an introduction, and watch the one that has the original introduction. There's one besides the original with David Bowie. If all you care about is seeing a cute British guy introduce a cartoon, check it out. But there's something really special about the original introduction that, I don't know, if you're a big poetic sap like me, just the way he describes this day that he built the snowman and reflecting on his childhood, it's magical to me. One of my favorite parts is the introduction, so don't skip that 16 seconds or whatever it is. The book is basically a series of little pictures, no words, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And with this one, the only words you have are in the introduction and in the song 
that's kind of in the middle of the cartoon. The song is also really special, but we can get to that. Honestly, I can't tell you everything about this cartoon because it would spoil it. You, you just... Basically, I think all you really need to know is that it's about a little boy who builds a snowman and they have a magical adventure. Yes. But it's deeper than that. It it is. One of the one of the main things that's so special about this is that the cartoon mirrors the artistry of the book and it was done you said in pencil crayon. Yeah. It's not like a normal cartoon. The artistry is beautiful and it's just so different and striking and there's the music really tells the story along with the art in a great way it's basically all classical type music but it all fits the emotion or the activity that's happening at the time and of course i love the old era so maybe that's part of it just the charm that you catch throughout the film and just the way Christmas is portrayed in this series I I might be the Scrooge out of the two of us I'm not a big Santa fan well I'm not either (laughs) and this one involves Santa so you would think that I'd be like I don't know Santa you know this is another Christmas Santa can be charming if done right the Santa in this is different and there's almost a simple there's almost a simple charm about this Christmas that they're having. Mm-hmm. And he's an only child and the friendship that he has with this snowman is just really interesting and I just can't do it full I, I can't give it all away. You just have to you just have to watch it. And I like the stu- I like the style choices, I like the plot, and I like how it ends, but I can't tell you how it ends. <laughs> if you want a cartoon to make you happy and have all the feels and be magical and have a surprise ending that will actually make you feel something, I don't know if it'll be a good something, just because for me, I like the ending of it but just watch it you just you just have to watch it if you haven't you're missing a gem um one note if you care about british bare bottoms <laughs> the little boy does get changed at the beginning <laughs> and you get a quick flash but you know it's it's a little boy so other than that don't expect anything risque in this cartoon it is a children's cartoon and it's a great watch for adults just as much, if not more, than for children, I would say. Maybe I, I'm exaggerating on that because I like it so much. And and I, honestly, I grew up with it, so that's probably part of my thinking as well. I had never seen this cartoon before Sarah introduced it to me, um, so I didn't really know what to expect out of it. And it turned out I actually really liked it more than I thought I was going to. It's very, It's very different than most animated Christmas specials that you would see. They put a lot more focus on the art and the music than I don't know the other the other ways that other Christmas specials are made. Usually it's a focus on schmaltz. <laughs> yeah. 
people being sappy, giving presents, too much focus on Santa, and the fact that Santa was only kind of like a cameo made it so that I didn't mind the Santa inclusion. Mm. Normally, I just I kind of get annoyed by Santa in all every Christmas thing. He he's different in this one, yeah. And I guess the music is probably one of the highlights for me, anyway, because well, I'm the also just the the just the nature artistry, mm-hmm. the wild birds and animals, and the way they use the crayon drawings. It gives it more of a sketchy feeling, especially when they're outside, and especially like when something's moving fast, like the horse running is, I thought was so well animated because of, because of the medium that they were using to draw it. It just it gave it a look very different than pretty much anything. I've never seen a cartoon that looked like it was drawn with crayons before, and they did it really well. Yeah, it's beautiful artistry, not childish, you know, little... Yeah, when you think of a crayon drawing, you usually think of something a kid drew. This is not that. This is like an adult who knew what they were doing and just happened to be using crayons. Now, I don't know if I was touched by this cartoon as a child, but I'm definitely touched by it now. It's it's just so great. Just, this is one that, like, I can revisit... I think probably on an annual basis and still enjoy it and for me it's kind of become a thing like okay it's winter need to watch the snowman here one thing that i noticed was that this short was the origin of one of my favorite I don't, I don't. I never really thought of it as a specifically Christmas song, but it it has turned it's up a, on a bunch of Christmas albums. It's a winter song, and you can see if it's a British story where these people probably grew up with the song and were charmed by it. It's a very charming song. Mm-hmm. It's. I I'd, I'd heard this song multiple times on different albums. Like Celtic Woman did a cover of it, and that's probably one of one of, if not my favorite version of the song, but I had no idea that it had come from an animated short, and I, I thought that was cool that this is where it came from, yeah. and I really liked the version they put on here. It was sim- very similar to what Celtic Woman had done with it, and it just, it sounds great. I really liked it. It's called We're Walking in the Air, and that is the one that actually puts some words in the middle of it, of mm-hmm. this cartoon. There is a boy that I think became famous for singing it, but don't get confused. There was a specific boy that I think maybe maybe wasn't as well known who actually sang this. And I don't remember their names, but he rolls his arms. He, he rolls his arms. He rolls his R's and basically sounds like a very charming British choir boy singing this gorgeous song in mm-hmm. the middle of this artistic charming cartoon. Cartoon doesn't even seem like the right word. Like I say, it's a piece of art. It's an animated short. It's Cartoon makes it sound like it's cheaper than it is. Not that we don't like cartoons, but yes. you know. Okay. I don't know. There's only so many details I want to give away. Like, I could talk more about what happened, but... 
we could give a spoiler warning. If you want to talk about the end, we could say spoiler for the end, and then if you really want to get into how okay. the end goes. Well, okay. So he wakes up in the morning on a beautiful snowy day. He's an adorable rosy-cheeked redhead. And he goes out and throughout the course of this day builds a snowman. At midnight that night, he looks out and the snowman comes to life and they shake hands and become friends. And he gives him a tour of the house and they're messing around with the parents' stuff and playing in his room and just all over. And there's a beautifully decorated cake in the kitchen that has a little figurine that looks just like him. Um, and different parts of the story are when the snowman gets too hot and how the little boy helps him to cool down again. They go outside and they take a ride on, I'm assuming his father's <laughs> motorcycle, through the woods and then the snowman's legs get too hot. So they go and into this shed that has this big deep freezer and he climbs in there and he puts a bag of peas on his head and then he picks up another box that has this mountain scene with trees on it and it's like he's remembering or he's getting an idea so he gets out of the freezer and takes the boy's hand and they start running and they take off flying in the air and it shows one or more other snowmen watching this and really what happens is all of these snowmen from around the world start making their way to the North Pole. But mostly you see the boy and the snowman flying over all of this scenery with the song We're Walking in the Air playing and I don't know, this might even be giving me chills. I just, I just love it. I love it so much. And so, <laughs> and then you have different people spotting them as they're flying over. And there's a whale that comes up from, you know, the mighty monster from the deep that's mentioned in the song. So if you just listen to the song, you wouldn't know what the mighty monster was. It, and then they land in the North Pole. The little boy doesn't know what's going on. You have this sort of eerie, suspenseful music as they're making their way through the woods. And then it turns to very happy, I don't know, celebratory, triumphant, joyful music as they come into this clearing and there's this great big gathering of snowmen. And sort of in the center of them is Santa Claus. Now what happens next? Does he get the present first or do they have the party first? I feel like maybe they get the, have the party first. I think so. So sure. they're having not, uh, you don't know what they're drinking. They're drinking something. They're having a party. They're dancing. Uh, they looked like they had little cupcakes with little candy cherries on top and just having an absolutely fabulous time. You have one that I always thought he was from Australia and it dawned on me, wait, he's probably from America. He looks like he has the holsters and the hat and there's a Scottish one, you know, with the little hat and the kilt and all these different fun details to try and take in as you're watching it. 
And um, Santa is a little highly rosy man wearing a frilly apron. He he helps Mrs. Claus. They're, they're a team. Mrs. Claus is not present. Maybe that's why he's wearing the frilly apron. She got a cold and he had to do the dishes and everything. I have no idea. Anyway, he's a very benign individual. He takes them in where there are at least a couple of reindeer who kind of have beady eyes and you're not sure that their horns are antlers. They, they look sort of like a cross between reindeer antlers and moose antlers. I never picked up on it, but he has fun meeting the reindeer. And, yeah, you don't have to keep the part with the beady eyes or anything. You don't <laughs> want to. It's just to kind of have a look. <laughs> anyway, um, Santa in his sleigh, this is so perfectly, I think, British. I mean, maybe a British person's going to come well, come along and say you have it all wrong. But at least, at least for that era, I think, and for the UK, there tends to be more simplicity. Santa gives him one present, and it's a blue scarf with little snowmen all over it. I mean, it's not exactly American Christmas. And he's happy, and it's great. And then they fly home and circle round, and, you know, the boy points out that there's my house and he goes to bed and the next day wakes up and he's all eager to go see the snowman and he runs outside and the snowman is a pitiful melted pile with like his little hat and whatever sticking up on this pile and the little boy is in you know he's sad but he feels in his pocket and he pulls out this scarf and he's holding it like wow this actually this did actually happen and it sort of pans away from them with this melancholy version of we're walking in the air playing and that's the end (laughs) and I love it I don't know. I mean, it's really sad on the one hand, but on the other hand, who ends a cartoon like that? <laughs> I. It's just magical. Like, you know that this adventure happened, but yet, I mean, this was inevitable. The snowman was going to melt. The magic was not going to last. You know, he's not going to store the body in the freezer till summer. <laughs> I guess I never thought of that. That could be an out. But that's not what happened. And... I don't know. Why do I like that? I I don't really know, but I like the end too. It it's different. It's, I it's feel like, like if they had if they had come up with an out to get the snowman to last all year, it would have felt too sappy, and this felt more real. Like I don't know, like the fox and the hound or something. Which if I watched now, I only watched it as a child. If I watched that now, I'd probably be a mess. <laughs> um. It's like, this happened, it was special, it ended, but it did happen. And, I don't know, maybe it speaks to the pain of childhood. (laughs) I don't know know why I like that, but maybe maybe it is because it isn't sappy. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it is kind of like the way they... Kind of like Alice, where you have the, the little hint sometimes, like, was it a dream? No, it wasn't. Yeah, 
snowman and the snow dog this one isn't going to be like a full podcast but we already watched the other one and this is going to be like the second half of that because i knew about this film and i knew you hadn't seen it and you were opposed to the idea of following up the original once we started watching it i feel like maybe my sister had it up and was watching it and i saw the tiniest bit of it and probably didn't approve then <laughs> um but i actually liked this more way more than i thought it was going to i i could tell when we were watching it because you were silent <laughs> I, I figured if, if you were if you didn't like it you would have been complaining the whole time <laughs> oh boy that makes me think we've been doing this long enough for there to be a pattern <laughs> oh boy so this one is set in a different time period than the other one the other one was like 1940s this one I think was modern day, and if it wasn't modern day, it was got to be. It's got to be like eighties or nineties. Yeah, very close to where we are now. And I'm not sure what. So this says is a 2012. Yeah, this was made in 2012, but as far as the time period it's set, I'm I'm gonna guess maybe it's supposed to be contemporary. It it looked it. It sounded it. And I guess I was expecting it to be about like the original boys son or maybe grandson but i think this is just a completely different boy because it for at the very beginning i think he's moving into the old house that the original boy lived in when you read the plot line for this it's like well this stinks and then when you start watching it i don't know it's it's actually pretty good (laughs) It's like the old house, but the town has built up around it. So, yes, you still have the backyard, but he's not surrounded by the countryside anymore. Mm, okay. It's been a while since I watched the original, so I'm that's sure you're going to pick of, up more things. That's one of the big differences. Well, I think I remember from reading the synopsis, but when you start watching it, it's like, yes, the town is built up around it. Yes, you have the same backyard, but there's more of a city focus mm-hmm. in this one. So, one of the things that caught my interest more was that they basically kept the same animation style. Yeah, I was actually surprised at that, because I kind of... I mean, a lot of times, if, like, they do a... I guess I was thinking this is going to be, like, a cheap sequel. So, I was thinking that it was going to be, like, other cheap sequels, where they try and do it as cheaply as possible and as modernly as possible. And I was not expecting like crayon drawings it's like an honorable homage to the first one yeah they did a really good job with the art because they really tie into the old theme you can if you've watched the first one they really play off of the themes but it's still different Mm -hmm. and this one is 
the the drama is built around this boy his dog like at the very beginning when they're moving in he has this dog that you can tell is very old and then in the next scene it's his mother and and him standing over a grave so this old dog has died okay there's there are a lot of pitiful elements to this <laughs> because a either his parents are divorced or his dad is dead or something something unpleasant and then if you've had an elderly pet you can tell the signs of okay yes this dog is sweet but on its way out and that time with your pet stinks so yeah and then it's the future so the house is no longer in the country and he's like okay this is how life goes so yeah they're just hitting you with all of these realities within 30 seconds mm-hmm. yeah it's really fast but then the boy is writing a letter to Santa and asking for a dog. And you don't really see any words. He just draws a picture of a dog. Like, this whole thing is... There's no dialogue like this, the original. This could have been so pitiful. Like, oh, we're having a hard time and my dog just died. But they kept it lighter. Yeah. They didn't make him, you know, wallow in misery over his... There was no t- tragic music as the boy sobbed over the grave. If it was my story, they would have needed to add a little more tragedy into this. But he was he was a brave boy and he was ready to move forward in life. Yeah. So, yeah, he's writing this letter to Santa asking for a dog, and then he's going to go, I guess, mail it because he's leaving his room, and he trips over a floorboard, which flips up. Well, I think his mother had called him, too. Oh, maybe. Well, yeah. like, there's no dialogue, so it's not <laughs> Yeah, they, kept, they kept her on mute. As she... <laughs> but, yeah, makes the discovery. He finds all of the old belongings of the original boy, including all of the pieces that the snowman was wearing, Including a shriveled old orange that used to be the old snowman's nose. And a picture. This was, you know, talking about complaining. This was a part where I did sort of complain because they had a color photograph of the snowman and the boy. And yes, that's possible. But the original snowman looks like it's set in like the 1940s, 50s-ish. So, I was thinking 40s, because wasn't there, like, a World War II element? I'm guessing that it would have been, like, post-war. But okay. it could still be 40s. It just had that flavor. Yeah. So I felt like it should be a black-and-white photo, but that's a small complaint, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, this discovery inspires him to build a snowman, and he builds himself a little snow dog as well. Yes, and put the shriveled orange for the <laughs> nose, which worked better on the dog than the snowman. Yes. And then you have, yeah, all these little pointers to the original because you have the middle of the night, the magical transformation, and they start in on their adventures. And it includes, you know, but this time it's the dog that's, ha- you know, the puppy that's starting to melt and has to go outside and get chilled again. And there isn't as much fooling around in the house, which is yeah. fine. Yeah. Like, it would be bad if they mirrored everything. Mm-hmm. And when they go to the shed, you see the motorcycle, which is recognizable. But I also think that the snow globe was... I was thinking that they probably was, that was probably supposed to be a bunch of stuff left behind. Right. The snow globe, I don't know if they did it in the exact same style, but there, I, there was a snow globe in the original. Okay. And, but instead, he hauls out a sled instead of the motorcycle. And off they go on their adventure together and you also have 
a snowman flight scene. Yes, with decidedly a decidedly modern song, which is not going to replace "Walking in the Air in My Heart." Like it would probably it would have been probably cheesy if they had reused yeah "Walking in the Air," but this song cannot replace that in my heart. Yeah, I did like the song though. It said that it's. Light the Night by former Razorlight drummer Andy Burroughs, who I, I have no idea who that is or I've never heard of Razorlight, so... It gave me a little bit of a bummer feeling. <laughs> I, I, can, I liked I, the I, scene. I can see how they it fit with yeah. what they were trying to do, but definitely a modern song for the more modern setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked the scene of the snowman flying through the air. I thought they did a really great job with that. They it was very in, epic. They brought in a vintage airplane element. It's like, how many lives has this snowman had that we don't know? Because <laughs> the snowman's flying the airplane, but it's like, don't ask too many questions. This is a magical snowman. Yeah, there's a lot of things Christmas you can't Eve. really ask a lot of questions yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> so they go to the North Pole, and I feel like they... Okay, in the first one, they include snowmen snow women from different parts of the world and this time i feel like they tried to include even more parts of the world there was a lot and including a cowgirl instead of just well I, like the japanese ones serving up food there was some chinese ones too with those cone hats right and their little uh dragon balloon oh yeah that i liked that balloon um and this time instead of it being like a fun party it's more like a resort (laughs) i didn't really know what they were going for and then it turned into like a ski competition which was kind of (laughs) weird there was also a penguin and i'm guessing like i'm gonna say that that penguin was on vacation because penguins do not live at the north pole see now you're having you're thinking (laughs) um like yeah Penguins live at the South Pole. What is that penguin doing on skis at the Magical Snowman Party? (laughs) Penguins don't live there with Santa. (laughs) And Santa was different. I feel like they made him taller, maybe slightly thinner, and they gave him the classic suit instead of being in his cute little apron. (laughs) Oh, that's right. I forgot Santa had an apron. (laughs) Yeah, he was different in the first one. But this one would be even more recognizable to, like, you know it's Santa, but it would be they made him even more recognizable as Santa. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they have this skiing competition, and the penguin is like super competitive, and he wants to win. I think he might have been a cheater. I don't know. <laughs> but the boy and the dog win, and I don't know if it was just supposed to be as a prize or just as a. I feel like it was more like a just as Christmas present from Santa. That's but what I interpreted it as. So you have that connection as well of getting the present from santa Mm -hmm. and then it's time to go home and a snowman with an asparagus mustache mustache (laughs) takes over the plane (laughs) and they part ways so it's the three of them going back to the house and then of course they're all buddies now and the dog wants to go inside but he's pointing out you know the fire or whatever Mm -hmm. that's so he brings him back to the snowman, opens the present, turns out to be a dog collar, puts it on the little dog, and he becomes a real dog. Don't spoiler alert. <laughs> and so they have this happy parting between themselves and the snowman, and the dog gets to go inside. And there's this moment where I think he's wondering in the morning whether the dog was even real or anything. 
and he goes and finds him downstairs and they go out and the snowman is dead again <laughs> all over again this little pile <laughs> and they leave it there and if you didn't have the context of the first snowman this would just be a bad place to end and it still kind of is but if you know what they were going for sort of it 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 kind of works i feel like he he almost needed to pick up the pieces and put them back in the box for the next kid <laughs> maybe he did that after he was done mourning and well actually it was almost like honorary kneeling instead of like the sadness of the first boy it was almost like they were paying their respects at a little graveside <laughs> the both of them it had a different feeling than the first one which I'm not complaining about the first one. You know that I actually liked the pet, the pitiful ending on <laughs> the first one. Yeah. But, no, I didn't hate this, which I kind of expected to. I was like, this better not ruin the first one or something like that, you know? You don't want it to be tainted, but it was kind of a sweet homage to the first one. I mm -hmm. don't know. And you want to talk about John Coates? Yeah, it ended with a tribute to the producer of the short, who is also the producer of the original, and apparently the producer of one of Sarah's favorite cartoons. Yes, one of the best things ever made in film. <laughs> <laughs> the world of Beatrix Potter and Friends. And he also produced a movie that I grew up with, a version of The Wind in the Willows, from, I believe, 93. I watched that all the time as a kid. And I had no idea that this one person had done all of these different things. He's probably my kind of person. <laughs> but yeah, he must have passed close to the time that this was wrapping up or something. Yeah. So, I didn't hate it. I'd probably even watch it again. <laughs> and yeah, not a bad sequel. They actually took the time to make it visually appealing only this time you do have like the ferris wheel in london big ben yeah you have lighthouse ocean they included different animals i know they had geese there might have been geese in the first one but i don't know and this was more detailed and yeah the animals were just it was just different there was a fox at the beginning Okay, well, there was a fox in the first one, too. I liked the sheep. The sheep were cute. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, still very British. Any more thoughts? I think that's about all I've got. Mm -hmm. I mainly wanted to do this one just because I was curious as to what you would think of it. Well, there you go. Okay, well, until next time. <laughs> until the next British thing. Bye. Thanks for joining me for Christmas in July on iHeartMovies. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to the iHeartMovies YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well. Any relevant links will be in the description for easy access. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.